Welcome to the Can I Kick It podcast with your host Showtime and the dope chick East Rock. Now go ahead, enjoy your music. I know what you're saying. Hey, what up, y'all? Welcome to another edition of the Can I Kick It podcast. It's Showtime, and along for the ride is the one and only East Rock. East Rock, what up? What up, though? What's happening? So I guess this is the official 444, 444, 4.44, uh, whatever way you can put it, however you can place it. This is the Jay-Z 444 edition of the Can I Kick It podcast, right? We had to do it. We had to do it. Like, not just, you know, we wanted to do it or, you know, it was a labor of love. This is something that we just... How could you not? Ah, oh, my goodness. There's so many different things that we could talk about, so many different elements of uh, this new album that Jay dropped that we have to discuss. So um, let's get into it. Like, let's, you know, we ain't wasting no time. We ain't doing no... This is the only new release that matters right now. Um, it's just... We got to do it. It's all about 444. It's all about 444. Now, is that the correct pronunciation or the correct way to say it? Is it 444 or can I say 444? Well, being that it has the semicolon, I'm assuming that it's relating to time. So it would be 444. I mean, it could, be, it could also be relating to a biblical verse. could be like Exodus chapter 4, the, verse 44. True. But Ha-ha. being that uh, he <laughs> stated that he woke up at 444 and wrote the song. Right. Um, I'm just gonna call it 444. Okay. All right. That's cool. All right. So we're gonna talk about the uh, the album, and we'll 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 kind of do like a um, just like a I want to dissect it a little bit because I think there's so many layers to this album that I think it would only be right that we kind of break down each track individually and and give some thoughts and opinions and. Um, yeah, I just really want to give like my initial reaction and reaction after sitting with it for the weekend and discuss. Right. Okay. So what was your initial reaction? Well, let, let me rephrase it. What was your level of anticipation leading up to the album? Obviously, super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had to do everything that I do when there's something major coming out. I had to... <laughs> right. um, actually, my normal routine is to try to get a little nap mm-hmm. because I'd be needing my sleep and then get up at like 11.50 and listen right. to it. However, like I tried to take a little nap and I just felt like I was excited, like it was Christmas. Well, I remember I, you telling me at around 10.30 or so, Jay might have to wait because yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, I might tired. not make it. So you ain't real. That's you just wanna, talk. You, you ain't real. You won't try to, you won't try to wait up for the 4.44. But did I, though? You did. You absolutely did. That's just talk when the sleep started taking over. Right. And I was like, maybe I may not make it, but um, there was no circumstance under which I wasn't going to hear it immediately. Like I actually... Um, went into title at about 1156 mm-hmm. or so and mm-hmm. the whole album hadn't loaded but you could actually start to see the songs oh, in wow. the singles part you're not that familiar with titles so nah. I know you don't know what I'm talking nah, about Nah, I only got them for this quick <laughs> six month free trial and then but after that it's a wrap I'm a uh, tried and true title user uh-huh. so I'm, I'm, I didn't just hop on for this right. they, they got me back when I was anticipating Lemonade. Yeah, so I'm a bandwagon title. That's fine. That's fine. And a, and a lot of y'all bandwagoners right. <laughs> were late. I'll be back to Apple Music in, <laughs> in a week, actually. At least you got on when you were supposed to, because I saw so many posts the following day. Like, Listen. I tried to I, I downloaded my free title subscription, and I can't. Listen, they told y'all. Yeah, there was a whole conversation. If you didn't have it by 11.59, yeah. you weren't going to be able to get it. You had and to have title. You had to have Sprint or have Sprint. Um... Or else you were short. Basically. Or have a Samsung. Samsung. Yeah. I didn't even know Samsung had anything to do with it. I think I think that's what I heard. That's what they said in the barbershop. I don't know. That's the barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's why we came up with in the barbershop. Now I'm positive that's false. That's not Samsung? It's not? I don't think Samsung had anything to do with it. You oh. went all the way back to Magna Carta. That's just what they said in the shop. I don't know. I'm just saying. They, those people are still stuck on. I almost said something else. Those, those fine gentlemen are still stuck <laughs> on. Now, I also will say there was a dude in the barbershop selling a CD for $10. So... You know? And that's exactly why <laughs> that whole conversation you had in the barbershop is null right, and void. Right, right, right. But, right. Um, yeah, just anticipation levels were high. Of course, I waited up. Of course, I uh, listened to it immediately. I went through one full time, and I was really tired. So I just, like, put the earbuds in my ear and listened to it some more while I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and just immediately, I was... I loved it immediately. Mm-hmm. All right, so for me, I will say that I have not anticipated an album this much in a very long time. Not even Tribe? Nah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I wasn't, I wasn't in, in nah, I wasn't leading it, up to it. Because it was like a notch below Tribe uh, releasing their album for me, just mm-hmm. just a smidge below, because mm-hmm. like for Tribe I had planned out snacks and everything, right, but, right, 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 but right. this was pretty, this was pretty close. Like the anticipation for me was so high that I couldn't, at some, at certain points, like on the days leading up to I couldn't think of anything else. You know what I mean? Like, especially like being on social media, I was thinking like, well, what is the album going to be about? I knew, and I, I did a post on social media, I knew that it was going to be a deeper album from Jay. I knew it wasn't just going to be your regular Jay-Z album. And I kind of got that feeling because there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a radio single, there wasn't anything leading up to it. And you had started to kind of hear him speak out about more things as far as like police brutality. So I thought he was going to go in that more socially conscious um Talking about police killing people a little bit more—that's kind of what I was looking for. Because you know, but it again, turned out to be more like reflective, right, and, right, like, right, introspective, right. I mean, because I mean, we've heard Jay talk about you know his admiration for Talib Kweli and how you know if he could rhyme like anyone, it would be you know in that vein. Um, so I, I, th- I thought this was going to be his opportunity to do that. Um, but once I heard it and I, I, I took it for what it was worth, I was like, oh, this is so much better than that. This is so much more than what even I um, and what any of us could have anticipated. Yeah, definitely. So I, I was pleased with it immediately. Um, I'll just say right off the bat, there's nothing about this album that I don't like. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I agree with that 110%. There's absolutely nothing about this album that I do not like. There is one thing that if I had a genie in a bottle and I could make a wish that I wish was possible or I wish happened, which is such a long shot. I personally wish, and I'll say this now, and I'll, I'll come back to this song, but I personally wish that Prodigy was on Legacy. Oh, yeah. I, I really wish Prodigy was on something. And again, that's so far-fetched. far-fetched. Yeah, it's super yeah. far-fetched. But just, you know, in the in the, in the the grand scheme of things working out in a perfect storm of, you know, just yeah, things being no other what they were. on here. Right, right, right. I think it would just be great. All if the singers aren't even like credited. immediate credits. Right, right, right. <laughs> I think it would just be great if, you know, somehow, some way, there was a verse from Prodigy like on Legacy, and that was the way that P went out. Like him and Jay mended their relationship, and you know, everything can kind of yeah. came full circle. And, you know, that's just me, Jay Dream. But other than that, mm-hmm. like there is nothing else that I could say. Um, that I could want from this album. I think the production is great. I think Jay's lyrics are definitely... Top notch. Oh, my gosh. To be almost 50 years old... Um, and to still be able to come out and do it like this, at this level, um, and just still be growing and showing yeah. growth. 
yeah. in the game at this point. Yeah, I think, and you know, just you know, when I hear him rhyme, and when I hear you know his ability to again, it's it's like layers. It's like well, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Layer Cake, but it's so many different levels to almost everything that he's saying. There's so many double on triple entendres and. You know, just so many different so meanings behind things. Typical Jay. That's, um, that's why even when we were discussing the title, what's the correct way to say it? Right. With Jay, it's just always open to interpretation. Right. And maybe we may have gotten it right or maybe we may not have. And, right. And a lot of us will never know. Right, right, right. And another thing I'll say about this album, um, and I want to say this again, I think that there is, well, not again, but I want to say this for the first time publicly, but... I think that there is a lot of Rhapsody influence on this album. Like, I can really, really tell that Rhapsody signing to Rock Nation and Rhapsody's Crown EP had some sort of effect on Jay when writing this album. Um, because just there are, there are certain things that he says and certain themes on this album Interesting. that we didn't really hear. So not only is, is he her, like, ultimate mentor, yeah. but having that new, younger blood... Um, I definitely think so. You know, serious MC is, can even, you know, elevate his I abso- game. I absolutely think so. I absolutely mm-hmm. think that he was inspired by Rhapsody on this album, and no one can tell me different when I listen to, you know, the, the, the topics that he's rhyming about. And, you know, even when you go into the story of OJ, you know, that's the type of song you know, that you could hear on Crown. Right. So let's let's just go ahead and knock them out in order and talk about the songs. Okay, let's do that. So Kill Jay-Z opens up the uh, album. Mm-hmm. And this is like the ultimate for me, um, just seemed like the ultimate self-reflection. Um, he addresses Kanye. He addresses mm-hmm. the whole Solange elevator thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a few... There's a few what people call shots, but I feel like they aren't even like major shots. They're just more so like commentary. Um, of course, the line about future. Right. Um, well, let's, let's backtrack for a minute. So you talked about Solange, and, and you know I was thinking about this earlier today, and you tell me what you think. Do we get this album if the elevator incident never happened? Well, I saw a meme posted today that said that that showed the photo of them after they got out of the elevator and they all look like all disheveled right. and and it said uh, three albums were created in this elevator yes, absolutely. a seat at the table lemonade and uh 444 so i think that it still could be possible for it to happen because even without that incident everything that they went through obviously mm-hmm. as a family still took place mm-hmm. so i think that it would still be possible but i think that that's still probably a a major incident or a mm-hmm. major, uh, it probably had a major impact on him. Right. Solange don't play about her sister. No, she doesn't. And, you know, one thing I want to say, people always, well, not always, but a lot of people compare this album and they say that it's Jay's Lemonade. I heard somebody say it's Jay's Sweet Tea. But uh, I think this album is much more a seat at the table than it is Lemonade. I think I it's, would say maybe a good 50-50 mix because a seat at the table... Um, was reflective and introspective, but also um, there were more. There's there's even more social commentary in a seat at the table. Oh, absolutely. Um, where as lemonade, I, I just think it's a good right down the middle mix. Mm-hmm. But separately, just three really awesome works came out of this yeah, family. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but like you said, I think it's a great um, it's a great commentary. You know, I think you know you see Jay talking to. 
his self and, and kind of talking to his ego. Um, I think I think it's the perfect intro to the album. It's a perfect way to set up and start the album and kind of give us a little teaser for what we um, what he has in store. I kind of want to quote uh, Michael Eric Dyson. This is just from and he, he did an Instagram post right after the album came out um, that I that I posted on my Instagram. And I said he wrote Decoded to the IG essay right quick because he gave like really uh, good insight to the album just really quickly mm-hmm. um, as listening to it for the first time. Uh, but Michael Eric Dyson said, is a desire to slaughter the ugly and undesirable elements of one's existence, while at the same time acknowledging one's sins as a way to seek redemption, or at least to accept the way that redemption comes. So kill Jay-Z, obviously not uh, literal, mm-hmm. but... In a way, you know, the dying of, you know, what you were before. Right. And I think another way we can look at Kill Jay-Z that I don't think a lot of people caught is in the title itself. When you say Kill Jay-Z and you look at the way that Jay-Z is spelled, you know, back in 2010, when he, when he switched over, he took the hyphen stopped out, using the hyphen. He stopped using the hyphen. Mm-hmm. And when before this album came back, he started using the hyphen again. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the title of this album, it's not Kill J hyphen Z, it's Kill J Z, which would be the Jay-Z from 2010 mm-hmm. to 2017. Right. So that's why I definitely think it's him saying, let's let's bury the the, the egotistical Jay-Z that kind of lost his focus and kind of lost um, where he was in that seven-year period or whenever he decided to drop that hyphen. Let's kill that because that is the one who has caused me to get in so much trouble. That's the one that's caused me to almost lose my marriage and lose my family. Mm -hmm. So let's dead him and bring back the old Jay-Z with the hyphen, which is, you know, the one that everybody kind of grew to know know and love. Right. So um, the people that he addressed, like I said, he addressed the Solange thing. Mm -hmm. Um, the Kanye line, I feel, he, I, I feel like Jay was really hurt by Kanye. Yeah, and I think it's more of a big brother punching Ooh. his little brother in the chest kind of thing. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think these are disses to Kanye. I think. No, that's why, that's why I mentioned this, because media is really crazy, and I've seen it phrased so many different ways. Uh, Jay-Z goes after mm-hmm. Kanye, future, mm-hmm. and so-and-so. Uh, Jay Z takes shots at such and such, and this doesn't seem like shots or go- this is not that to mm-hmm. me. This is really just commentary yeah. on these things that affected his life and commentary on these things. Yeah, and he's answering a lot of questions. You know, when he talks about, you know, I, I gave him twenty million. The fact is, you gave this man twenty million dollars only for him to turn around and, you know, and do a twenty do a minute rant, rant on, stage on stage for twenty right. minutes. Like that's right. a fact. Like this is not like. Everyone knows that. He's right, just acknowledging right, it at this right, point. Right, right. And, you know, I think at this point in his career, I think it's good for him to, if you're going to be introspective, like, let's not do it in a way where it's cryptic. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's air it out. Like, let's call it what it is. I also found it hilarious and also slash ridiculous that Eric Benet decided to oh, <laughs> do his little clap back on Twitter. Man, get out of here. Like, get of him. all the people that Jay addressed. Yeah, get him all the way out of here. Like... Sir, Mr. Benet, have a Just seat. Beat it. And your wife, your new wife is nowhere near the baddest chicken in the world. Well, that's not, that's, uh, that's not necessary. I'm sorry. I'm his new, his wife uh, is beautiful. She ain't Halle Berry, though. But. It doesn't matter. She's a beautiful <laughs> she, woman. She, There's she, no need to tear her down I'm because he her said down. something stupid. I'm just saying she ain't Halle Berry. All okay. right, moving on. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, I think the Kanye references, I, I counted three. There definitely may be more. <laughs> you know, you're walking around like you're invin- invincible, you dropped out of school, you lost your principles. And I think it's dope how Jay-Z kind of goes back and forth. You don't like, know if he's talking about himself oh, right. or Kanye, Kanye because right. at first listen, I was like, oh, you dropped out of school. That's a perfect reference uh, because of all the, obviously, graduation, right. late registration, right. Kanye's whole first several, several albums. Right. But then... Upon the second listen, it's like, but wait, he's talking as if this is about himself. Right. So I think he switches. Yeah, I think it just definitely, it just kind of weaves in and out. Yeah, there's there's definitely a, a a portion of the song where he's specifically talking to Kanye. You ain't a saint. This ain't kumbaya. It took me a long time to get that line. Like this ain't kumbaya. I was like, what the hell is a kumbaya? Oh, I'll pick that I up like, immediately. Oh, because you're yeah. smarter than me, right? No, I just, I just, it just stuck out immediately. Right. I'm like, yay. Yay. Got uh-huh. it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, all in all, um, we don't want to linger too long on each and every song because we yeah. could literally go on forever. But all in all, um, Kill Jay Z is self reflection at yeah. its best to me. All right, let's move on. Story of OJ? Story of OJ. I just thought this was brilliant. Number one, it, uh, this song impacted me immediately when I saw the title because. The OJ Made in America documentary um, mm-hmm. that probably most of us watched. If you haven't watched it, go back and watch that. It's so good. Yeah. That's one of the best documentaries I've watched in a long time. The 30 for 30, right? The um, ESPN. Yeah, 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and watched the Cuba Gooden joint that was on. Yeah, that, I mean, that was thoroughly entertaining really and everybody in it was so good. But this documentary is on another level because it doesn't just tell the story of like OJ the athlete or. OJ, the alleged murderer. Talks about Orenthal. It really <laughs> goes back and goes to his roots and his beginnings and his experiences and his family life and brings you to, and not just his life, but the climate in the country racially and politically um, at the time that he was becoming OJ. And it really leads you to where you can see, oh, this is how he ended up, right. like the way that he is. Right. Like, this is why. He ended up saying, like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. I'm not black. I'm OJ. I'm OJ. I'm OJ. But the gotcha is, like, you cannot transcend blackness. You just can't. Like, when you hear, you know, white people and even some black people say, oh, he he just transcends race. You cannot transcend blackness. Absolutely not. And that is the theme here in this song. Mm -hmm. I thought Mm -hmm. it was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this is when I knew that this album was going to be special. When this song, when I first heard this song, and I'm like, oh, like, we really... Like the boy really talking. Like he really, he really got something to say at this point. You know, for me, this opened up again. Going back to what I thought the the, the entire album was going to be. Okay, we talking about race. Okay, we talking about you know achieving a certain level of success. We talking about what Black America looks like to certain people. What it doesn't look like. You know, what 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 role are we playing? Um, Even know. just how it starts off. You know. Uh, light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga, mm-hmm, rich mm-hmm. nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, field mm-hmm. nigga, you s- still nigga. Yeah. Like, whatever you think you are, in their eyes, you're still this black person. Right, right, right. Which kind of, to me, took me back to Kanye. Even if you want to binge, you're still a nigga in a coupe. So I wonder mm-hmm. how Jay was influenced by that particular line when he wrote this song. Because again, to a degree, we're saying the same thing. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, no matter definitely. what level of success you achieve, you still black. You still a nigga, and that's just what it is. That brings me to another quick point, just to um, just to move off topic just slightly. A lot of um, feedback that I'm seeing is, I won't even say haters, just people that I've seen say things like, "Well, 
so-and-so was talking about this stuff already, da-da-da. Such and such rapper already said all this. Oh, yeah, nobody not, said I'm not buying into nobody that. said, well, it's not even I'm not buying into it. Nobody said that Jay-Z is inventing the wheel here. Mm-hmm. We're it's just appropriate commentary. Yeah. No one is saying no one has ever said this before. Mm-hmm. And I don't I just don't get people that are just so quick to start tearing things down. Right. It's like he's not even somebody somebody already said that right. before. Right, like right, right, right. but not in this way at right. this moment with this influence and with this impact. So, or with this skill set. Right. Like, let's just right. let's just keep it a buck. Like or with this particular right. set of skills. That, that is so important. Like you could be you could have uh the dopest content in your rhymes and you maybe aren't the dopest MC, MC ever. Right. It doesn't come across the same way. Mm-hmm. And Jay-Z is at a level of influence that not many other rappers are. And I think that that's important to recognize. It doesn't mean that if another rapper says it, it's not important. But if you can reach more people and you have that level of influence, it's like it's just a farther reach. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that has anything to do with negating someone else saying it before. These yeah. concepts aren't brand new. Yeah, It's just that who it's coming from. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's nothing new under the sun, but... I think Jay is just doing a good job at this particular uh, moment of just creating something that is going to last and is, is going to create, hopefully, a, an effect that's positive within the black community, you know? Yeah. Also, um, listening to uh, the story of OJ, I started to, re- second song in, I started to realize that it seemed like the album was going to go in a direction where the samples used on each track were just as important as mm-hmm. the lyrics. This, uh, yeah, let me see. No ID, definitely, uh, I'm sure, in concert with Jay, they chose samples that really back up right. what the song is trying to convey. Yeah, the samples on this album, they actually are the... Meaningful. Like Yeah, they're, they're like, it's almost like it's a duet. It's mm-hmm. like the samples are the other artist on the song. True. You know True. what I mean? Like it when doesn't. I, oh, go ahead. When I listen to the way that No ID put these samples together, and I think we got to talk about No ID, and I think we. I don't want to just gloss over. over him. Right? I definitely right. don't want to just gloss over that. No, no, definitely because I have so many notes on the sample usage that yeah. we're gonna definitely do a lot of talking about No ID. Yeah. So I just think he did a great job of number one finding samples that fit. Um, Number two, Perfectly. making those samples not just relevant, but making them fit Jay's flow. Yeah, this does not sound like an album where, and you know, we don't know exactly what their creative process was, but this. Well, to I me, do actually. This to oh well, you can yeah, like well, this. This yeah, to me does if, not sound like an album where you just flip through this catalog of all these beats and be like, oh, I like right. this beat. This sounds like each song was tailor-made for right. the content that was going to be on that song. Yeah, well, I don't know if, you, if, if, if you've been kind of following up with, you know, because, of course, No ID is the hot producer right. of the moment now. Right, Um And he told, I, I heard recently where he told the story of, you know, when he met Jay a couple of months ago, they actually bumped into each other in a restaurant. Oh, when he asked him, what, what are like, you working what you work? on? He like, said nothing. nothing. No, right. I, I definitely saw that. Right. Um, and then from there... You know, when he started creating and he, he said he sent the beats, you know, a couple of joints to somebody and he was like, yo, tell Jay, you know, mm-hmm. I think we have something. And then, you know, they ended up coming together and kind of cooking right. in the studio and just making things work. And and that's why Jay is credited as the co-producer on some of the songs. Because they really collaborated. They really collaborated. It. And I'm thinking, I'm not 100 percent sure, but historically what that means is that Jay 
picked out the samples and said, here's a sample for this. This is what I want to use. Kind of like he used, like he did for... Um, and there probably was some of that. And then I also uh, read somewhere where No ID was talking about how, um, and I don't want to skip too far ahead, but how the 444 song came together right. and that he kind of had found that sample and right. laid it out and Jay didn't really know. Mm-hmm. And then he heard it and was like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. Right, right, right. And then, right, you know, right, laid right, it all yeah. out. So I think it really had to have been them being in concert mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. Which for me, and I also just, I also like when you have an MC and a producer who work together like that on an entire project. And it doesn't always... It don't um, always work. It don't, because even on that last uh, common joint that No ID did the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, Nobody smiling, Nobody's Smiling, I liked it, but it, was it, cool. it wasn't right. like... It was cool. It, it was nowhere near as awesome as right. like the last common joint. Right. So like, like America again. It just um, it it wasn't that same. They yeah. they didn't have that thing together right at that moment that Jay and No ID have on mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's a perfect storm. I think it's definitely a perfect storm. I think No ID's production on this is um is great. You know, if I had to, if I was forced to choose another producer to put, let's say I, let's say we didn't have No ID. And you tell me who else would you want Jay to lock in with for an entire project, 10 songs? Shoot, I'll say old of, Kanye. <laughs> I, I, well, again, let's, like you said earlier. like Realistic. Realistically. <laughs> um, I would say ninth. Like, I would put him in there with ninth. And I think, we would, I think we could get this same type Soulful, of project. Yeah, like, absolutely. But the this the usage of the Nina Simone sample for mm-hmm. women on this particular song, Story of OJ, is a song about blackness. Right. And you you almost need to go through and like make a playlist of all the samples to these songs, mm-hmm. um, because they're they really flow together well. Yeah. But it's a song about blackness and um, African American female archetypes, and I think that this is um, one of Jay's most uplifting. Uh, albums women wise Mm -hmm. Uh, so many women are playing a major role in this album from Beyonce to Blue to his mother Miss Gloria Carter Mm -hmm. Um, the women in his life Becky sir (laughs) Becky's not playing a role (laughs) Becky's not playing a role (laughs) stop but just that, that using that sample is perfect because to quote Jay, it's a song about forward movement, financially and at the root. Right. It, it's perfect. Yeah. That, that four women sample is perfect. Yeah. That's how I knew what direction we were going in on this album. And then this, that's also the first time we hear him talking about things like financial freedom on the album, spending money on something that's going to grow and mm-hmm. uh, appreciate and gain value and, you know, things like that. Those are recurring themes on the album. So. I think we got to move on to the next song on the album. Smile. Smile. So let's talk about that. So Smile is, was it was a shocker to me. I, yeah, I feel like it's about making it through and coming out on the other side. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, uh, and I definitely... A, I think it's a story, a success story. Yeah, beyond the obvious. But I also think it's about, you know, what we see now with a lot of uh, LGBT issues and rights and things like that um, in the news and on the forefront. You know, I think that this is Jay putting himself um, like right there on, on on the battleground and saying, you know, I'm there with you. I'm fighting for your rights. I, I, I Not only am I fighting for it, but the person who birthed me and brought me to this earth is also fighting for those same rights and is, actually is one of you. 
And every time I hear Miss Gloria Carter, um, as we heard her on the Black Album, every time I hear her on a Jay song, it's just so touching for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, her at the end of that song, it just made me a little emotional. Yeah. I, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Did you catch it on first listen? Yes. I did not. Yeah. I didn't. I think I was just so emotional and just being in, 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 entrenched in the entire project. It took me a minute. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you had to go back and be and it's, and. This this is only Sunday, so right. I feel only, like like three days ago, two right. weeks from now, it's gonna be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even. And so I'm looking forward to you know hearing other people's commentary, valid commentary, right, right, right. Um, as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, because when he said something, when he one of the lines he said made me uh, think about you know Fifty Cent's mom. You know, when Fifty Cent back in the day said, "Growing up, I was confused. My mama kissing a girl. Confused growing up in a, mm-hmm. a cold world." Um, so just in the first listen, I was like, oh, okay, maybe he's, you know, telling a story. Like, maybe he's just um, just saying something to, I don't know. I really didn't get it, but it took Letting me- his mom live in her truth yeah. and and just expressing, I think, just, again, that female archetype, just expressing love to her and yeah. letting her know that it's fine. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the line, uh, Hall of Fame hove. I did it all without a pen. Y'all knew that was coming. I had to remind y'all again. Mm. Like, that's also... Jay letting you know, like, I'm being introspective, I'm being grown up, but please don't forget. Right. I, there's also something else in Smile that I don't know if you caught, but there's a Funk Master Flex disc in Smile, Ooh, too. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. There's a, there's a Funk. Let me, let me find the, the, um, the exact line, but all right. So the line is, he says, quote, this is whole, no flex zone, nigga who lied to you. Look, you're a pedestrian. Don't ever question security I provided you. Now, if you remember the rant that now, Funk Flex I do remember on, that line, but I didn't, I didn't even, my mind didn't even go there. Right. Flex was on the rant and he, because he was, he was mad because Jay sent him, well, he was mad because he thought that Jay stole his website idea for the Life and Times, but he <laughs> said Jay texts him in all caps, this whole. I don't do the caps in the text. I'm not, a, I'm not like, I don't work for you. I'm not a worker. You are a commercial corporate rapper that drops a little catchphrase every three months. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So the line goes, this is Hove, no flex gotcha. zone, gotcha. nigga who lied to you. I missed you. that. Right, 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 right. So there's a shot right there. Um, and that's definitely a shot. I don't care how you, you can wrap right. it up. I mean, there are shots <laughs> and then there is commentary. And right. that sounds like a shot. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I thought that was interesting for him to kind of address those. And that's, that's kind of like Jay going back to his old adage of, you know, I'm, I'm only going to give you a half a bar. Like, I'm not going to give you any real acknowledgement, but right. I'm going to throw this out here so you know I'm talking to you. And so the world, you know, again, whoever gets it, gets it. If you don't, you don't. Um, and I, that's just classic Jay, vintage Jay doing what he does the best. Also, the Stevie sample, um, Loves in Need, mm-hmm. that is perfect again for this song where he addresses his mother right. and it's just perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next up. Caught their eyes. All right, so what you think about Caught Their Eyes? I love caught this one. Caught Their Eyes. Right, I love this one. Um, I think it's about being cognizant of what goes on around you, um, both personally and in business. Yeah, and I'm not usually a Frank Ocean fan, um, but I think he sounds good on this. He definitely he would definitely works on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he does a good job of kind of fitting into the pocket and not necessarily being too 
overbearing and you know he ain't doing a whole bunch of crazy runs not that he can do any any runs or anything yeah i was anyway. say i don't recall frank ocean <laughs> yeah. just sort of like <laughs> right. Oh, right right like, right that's but not really his bag yeah that's not <laughs> he's not even trying to do that you know you get on a, a record with jay-z you liable to do anything like like i'm gonna show him what i'm gonna I show him what frank i got is used to this frank right. has you <laughs> right. know, you never been, know though. Been featured on two or three he's like yo good jay-z joints he's like yo so. i got jay in the boot this is my time to shine i'm gonna really no. give it to him you're like oh yeah you know you never know but we have another Nina Simone sample, right. which is perfect. Uh, Baltimore that has like a reggae sound, so I enjoyed that um, with the with the sample part, and they hide their eyes, mm -hmm. so it, it's appropriate. Again, the sample fits perfectly right. with the content. Right. Um, I really appreciated the line about Prince. Several lines about Prince. Several lines about Prince, but m most impactful. This guy had slave on his face. Do you mm -hmm. think he wanted? The masters yeah. with his masters. Masters with his masters. Like, yeah, and then he goes on to talk about his lawyer, who um, uh, Lionel McMillan, I think his name is Lionel McMillan, who was actually Prince's lawyer. So of course Jay has been in litigation with Prince's family, and you know I think it's very interesting to hear him actually again talk about this stuff publicly because this ain't right. stuff that we've heard him actually talk about. And when he says I sat down with Prince, I looked him eye to eye, like I've actually had a conversation. The man with this told man. me how he wanted it to play, right. and for Prince to even sign off on being part of a streaming service. While he was living, mm -hmm. you know, for him to even sign off on having his catalog on title mm -hmm. says a lot mm -hmm. because Prince wasn't about putting his music out there anyway. Right. But Prince was definitely about pushing the culture forward. Definitely. And I think I saw... He was about heard, the artist. Right. I heard or some, read something when they had come to their agreement and he said, you know, I like what Jay and, and Title are doing for artists. Again, anybody, it seems like that's not following the man's wishes is only out for a dollar. Right. So, yeah, I think uh, Caught Our Eyes is a dope record. Did you catch the Kanye reference in this one? What was it? He says, don't big bro me, don't oh, big yes, homie. Yes. I've seen pure admiration become rivals. Yes, definitely. I, I did catch that. Been to Paris at least which two times. Eiffel and Eiffel. Eiffel and Eiffel. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's dope. Just how, you know, of course, I've been to Paris two times is obviously a play on Niggas, niggas in, Paris. in Paris, right. So again, just those small things that as an MC and as somebody who loves listening to those those lyrics and those bars, it's just good to hear. When you actually have to put some thought into the lyrics um, to digest them mm -hmm. is is what moves me. Yeah. So moving on, 444, mm -hmm. uh, which is the title track, which is, it, it seems like, you know, a lot of people get caught up in this song because of the sense this the 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 this what am i trying to say sensationalism right because of the sensationalism of the jay and beyonce and he cheated but the i think salaciousness right i think it's so much more than that i think right. it's so much more than the gossip and the rumors um i think this is jay exercising his demons and being vulnerable and honest mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you know it opens up kim burrell um who was a gospel singer you know she opens up you know, saying her little adage. And the sample is Hannah Williams and the Affirmations. Yes. Which, White it, Lady. Which is a new song. Real Soulful. Right, a Real new Soulful. Song. That song came on like 2016. Yeah, Real Soulful White Lady, though. Yeah. Um, I went and listened to their that actual album that that song came off of, mm -hmm. and it's kind of dope. Yeah. But, yeah, I think they added Kim Burrell in for even to beef, beef it up right, some. Right, right, right. But the sample is dope again. It yeah. puts me in the mind frame, just the way they use the sample and the way it's almost... It's a, it's a painful song. The song, the, the so original it, song itself is about cheating. Right. Late but, nights and heartbreak. Late nights and heartbreak. Yes, definitely. The woman is cheating right, in that song. Right. 
Um, but it puts me in the mind frame of the way they use the sample of like song cry mm -hmm. because it's like it's painful. It's almost like the woman is wailing in the background, mm -hmm. like because it's painful. This is painful yeah, shit right, right here. Right, right, right. Um, infidelity. Mm -hmm. So I, again, a perfect sample, and it just it stirs you emotionally. Yeah. I'm letting you down every day. I've been messing around when you're out of town. Why do I keep on running away? Now, for me, I think this is this isn't the first time that we've heard Jay apologize to women. You know, no. we've, we've heard him in the past. Of course, girls, girls, girls. Uh, we've heard him. Um, this is very personal and specific. Right, I think is the difference. Right, right, right. I mean, it, it's current. You know what I mean? Like before, he was talking about you know women in his past that he's hurt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we've heard him talk about like on song cry. Right, right, right. But this is like this is my wife in real heard, life. In real life, <laughs> that I'm still married to it. I still got to go home to. Um, uh, this song contained for me the most impactful line of the whole album, um, which was. I apologize for all the stillborns because so, I wasn't present. Your body wouldn't accept it. So let's 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 unpack that line for a minute because I have questions. Because I, I don't like know, I don't know if this is one of those double entendre moments. And I will say, I right. don't. I'm not a hundred percent certain he's talking to Beyonce in that line because. So listen. So because. Because stillborn is different than stillborn is different than, than a miscarriage. miscarriage. Jay has talked about stillborns before Previously. in other songs, right? So I'm not sold that that line right there is it's talking about for Beyonce. Beyonce. But it doesn't have to be because what's so impactful for me, it doesn't really have to do with Beyonce. What's so impactful for me is the idea that because I'm not present in this relationship, because my heart isn't in it, your body could reject. Mm -hmm carrying this baby mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is like that's emotional right. that that can that can make me weep just thinking about it like right. just that idea and holding yourself to that type of accountability like saying that out loud mm -hmm. like this 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 terrible awful thing happened where our child didn't live could be because of me right because I wasn't present and what I was supposed to be mm -hmm. in this relationship. Mm -hmm. That's like crazy. Yeah. It's one of those lines where, again, you could tell that We'll probably he never is, know the exact. We'll, we'll probably never know, but you can tell that he's just like spilling his guts. Yeah. And he's saying. It's emotional. It, it's very emotional. And for a man, that's a lot. Like, I don't care who you are. For a right. man, that's a lot for us to right. put that on the table and to say, I could be the reason that. Right. Not just to take accountability for what you've done, but mm -hmm. to actually say that out of your mouth. I'm the reason that your body couldn't couldn't make this happen. Right. And also in that song, he says, and this is another line I have questions about. He says, took for these natural twins to believe in miracles. Mm -hmm. So... Is he confirming the rumors that there was a surrogate for Blue? I don't think that necessarily... I mean, because natural, I feel like natural could be in, as opposed to like maybe they use fertility drugs the first time or anything. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they implanted the... You know, that maybe it was like in vitro. Right. So I, I don't necessarily think that that has to have anything to do with a, a surrogate. Mm -hmm. But natural as opposed to... It could be natural as opposed to just... With assistance, gotcha. Beyonce could still, you know, I, I believe Beyonce carried blue. Like, right now, I'm not saying she didn't. I'm just saying, like, to me, I took that line that he specifically said natural. Again, I'm not versed in all of the 
uh, pregnancy and, and we, again, terms with and Jay, technology. We never know. Right, you never know. But I think that natural as opposed to maybe with help. Okay. Maybe they just had the twins. Right. Just from good old Just from getting fashion. it popping. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Just getting it in. Just bumping and grinding. Mm-hmm. Old school way. I also really love the line uh, where he quoted the Isley Brothers or what the uh, younger generation might remember as a Leah song. It's less... At your best, you're, you are love. So, I sometimes fall short of what I say I'm all about. I love that he incorporated that. I raised my eyebrow just for a second with that line, and maybe you can help me. And I don't want to get well, too... Well, because of the whole, like, Aaliyah, Aaliyah starting right, off with Jay and then right, ended up with Dame Dash. Right. Is he opening up and talking to Aaliyah a little bit? You know, I don't remember exactly where Jay and B were when Aaliyah died. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so many layers... Uh, what it this, could I, mean. I, oh, and it's so dope! Like it's like watching a movie. It, it's there's so there's always a million possibilities with Jay of what it could right. mean. Right? Like, why would you choose that line? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, out of all the great R and B songs in the last thirty years, right, right? Why would you say at your best you are love? You could have said between the sheets. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> you could have said that's not really. When I come home, let's get it on. <laughs> like you could have said a whole lot, but you chose that Aaliyah line. On this album now, like we ain't talking about Magna Carta. We're talking about an album where he's obviously opening up and telling us things that we haven't already known, things that we aren't aware of. You chose an Aaliyah line. That could have so many different meanings. I wanted to quote Dyson again. Um, This album is a majestic, rhetorical, and spiritual mirror, a looking glass into the depths of the psyche and soul where truth resides. The ability, the ability to face the limits of the very masculinity that peaked, for instance, in Big Pimpin' and made possible the very success that ultimately undermines the emotional stability that manhood must finally embrace if it is to survive. I think that, that sums it up. That's that's a really dope uh, interpretation. All right, Michael Eric Dyson using a lot of big words. I don't always... <laughs> you don't get it? I don't, I don't always catch it, man. You I, don't but, get it? I got it. I, I got love, it. I'm just saying. Um, Michael Eric Dyson, no, he just... I'm not saying Dyson is never... He used a lot of SAT words, man. Look, I love to hear Dyson break down uh, hip-hop lyrics. Right, is, right. Is one of my favorite things. Yeah, he loses me sometimes, though, but I got it. I caught <laughs> that So you didn't get that? I tuned out a little bit. I didn't know. Okay, say it again. Never mind. So 444, again, um, the, the biggest thing I can say about it is the vulnerability is appealing. Not just the salaciousness of right. talking about cheating, but... Go deeper and look at the actual vulnerability. Yeah, because I mean, it's, it it goes. It's a it's a good record. Like it's a super good record um, from top to bottom, and you have to go deeper. Like you said, there's so many levels to it, and you have to go deeper just to get a full understanding of like who Jay is as a man, and for him as an artist and as a man to lay it all on the line like this, I think it's dope. Right. So next up, Family Feud. Family Feud. Um, Let me just tell you, as soon as this came on. Uh-huh. I sat up in the bed, but you know I love me some Clark sisters. Right. And I was like, huh, Clark sisters, sample. Like I, could, <laughs> like I was hyperventilating a little bit. Right. Because I was like, I know this is going to be good. I know the content is going to be dope. Right. And I just started, you know, fanning out. losing it. Right, right. So good. I think it's classic Jay Z. I think it's, it's classic in the sense of you he's know, talking to the culture. He's talking to the culture. He's talking to artists. He's talking to consumers. You know, especially when he talks about he's he's basically just drawing parallels between old school and new school. Yeah. It's, but but he's also 
like dropping gems like an old head. Like, you know, when you have a conversation with an old head, they got a lot of wisdom, they've been around the block, they say, I'm gonna tell you, young blood, you just what you need to do. If you tell me I'm talking too fast, I mean you're listening too slow. I think he also addresses the um, like the intergenerational beef, if you want to call it, between mm-hmm. like the hip hop generation and the civil rights generation. Mm-hmm. Um, that line, Al Sharpton in the mirror taking selfies. How's him or Pill Cosby supposed to help me? Right. Old niggas never accepted me. That go that reminds me back to like when Harry Belafonte had the disparaging things to say about mm. E and B. Um, that kind of about who? He and B. Oh, well, oh okay. I thought you said me and B. I was like, when is <laughs> when Harry Belafonte right. has something to say about you? Right. <laughs> I was confused. He. <laughs> I was like, who I need to run B. up on? Oh, okay. <laughs> run up on Harry Belafonte all in. But I mean, you know, Harry Belafonte is revered and respected right. as a, you know, not just a, an artist, but as, uh, you know, a civil rights figure. Mm-hmm. So. It's hurtful to me when I hear, you know, people of that generation. I think sometimes they just don't get right. the hip hop generation, where we're coming from. You know, it's a different era. And sometimes I think the hip hop generation, on the other hand, can't understand. They react this way to certain things you say and do because they've been through and seen things mm-hmm. that we can't even imagine. Right. So that intergenerational gap, I think he talks about, he discusses that in that line. Like, these are our. These were some of our our, our icons mm-hmm. that are supposed to lead the culture, but they never accepted me. They only got bad things to say about me. Right. And I think the whole with the whole Harry Belafonte issue, it was like, well, why would you get in the media and disparage me, another black man, mm-hmm. as opposed to if you have like an actual problem about the way we go about or what you think we should be doing for the culture, why wouldn't you just come and right. speak to me? Right. So I think that is addressed. That's a layer that you have to look at with that line. Yeah, and I think he's calling on a lot of hypocrisy, as you're saying. Like, basically, that's what it is, a lot of hypocrisy in the culture because, you know, the old heads used to be young at one point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, when he talks about, um, well, and this is a shot, too. Did you catch a shot in this? Well, which one? He says, and old niggas, y'all stop acting brand new like Tupac ain't have a nose ring, too. Right. I took that to mean, like, we, we, we can't just be openly dissing the newest generation. But you're talking about something specific. That's something very specific. I think he's talking to and about Lord Jamar from Brand Nubian. Um, stop acting brand new. Brand Nubian. Right. But Lord Jamar is infamous for going on rants on oh, social yes. media and Lord Vlad Jamal TV. Is the Twitter rant king. Right. About number one, homosexuality and hip hop, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, he spoke about, you know, rappers wearing dresses and da 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 da. So I think this is one of those references. Stop acting brand new. Okay, I can see that. Like Tupac ain't have a nose ring too. He made you feel his lyrics. That's yeah. why you love Tupac, is by how he made you feel. Tupac make you feel more. Tupac is gonna come there with the whole in LA on his side, and, you know what I mean? Like I took it more general, like yeah. you know, we can't just be out here dissing the whole new generation because right. we don't understand like the way they dress the way or they the dress. way right. they look. Right, right, right. I can see that. You know, I think it's kind of like a double-edged sword. He's talking to old rappers who have things to say disparagingly about newer rappers, and he's also talking about the newer rappers who don't necessarily respect and. Look at the history of right. the culture exactly. that you are supposed to be contributing to. Right, right, right. So um, I think he does a great job of doing that, of, of drawing those parallels and say, hey, you know, again, nobody wins when the family feuds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. we all, we all in the lose same when culture, the like, we all losing. Um, so I think he does a great job of 
kind of bring everybody to say, hey, we're on the same playing field. We need to be on the same page. This is the culture, and we need to preserve this culture in order for it to be around for another 50, 75, 100 years. Throws in a reference to let you know, like, we need to be out here supporting black-owned businesses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, like, mm-hmm. why would I drink Belvedere when Puffy when got Puff Ciroc? Got Ciroc. Right, right, right. By black-owned right, is what right, that means. Right. And also in um, Family Feud, there's something that, that, that I think needs to be addressed, and I think that Jay's... I'll call it a a, a, a a spiritual, not necessarily a religious, 180. You know, if you look at, on Reasonable Doubt, Jay said, um, I never prayed to God, I prayed to Gotti. Mm-hmm. You know, on this album, his 13th album, he's now saying, I'm do Allah, which means praise be to God. Right. So you went from, I never prayed to God, I prayed to Gotti, to praise be to God. On top of that, you're rapping over... A Clark sister sample. Gospel. Right. Right. That's what, again, where it ties in, where each track and each sample used is supporting Mm -hmm. the content. Um, Because there's another line where he talks about how how the universe will take those things that you take your pain, right? right, right, And and help you to, you know, be able to be enlightened on, Mm -hmm. you know, how he talks about, I don't have the exact line on, yeah, but on Legacy, Mm -hmm. he talks about how. He wasn't really into religion, right? Yeah, and we'll and we'll touch on that, but I just I kind of wanted to open but up that. Yeah, they both that, that both of those lines lend themselves to that same idea, right? And even to dig a little bit deeper, um, you know, I always have the conversation that hip hop is a little bit different now because we don't have people like Lord Jamar and and, and Brand Nubian doing what they did with you know the Five Percent Nation and and Poor right. Righteous Teachers and um, you know just when. Five percenters were prevalent in hip hop when consciousness mm-hmm. was prevalent in hip hop. We don't see that anymore. We don't have that now. So, you know, to go from early on in the song where he's referencing Lord Jamar, who is someone who could very well be the person to bring all of this together instead of kind of bashing the young generation and kind of, you know, knocking them upside of the head, use these things as teaching moments to bring everybody together. So, yeah, so I think Family Feud is just, you know, again, one of those songs that has so many levels on it. It's just so many pieces to it um, that, you know, we could go on and on and on about. And I'll I'll step out here and say, man, I think this album is going to be one of those albums that you could probably teach a class on maybe in 10, 15 years, maybe less than that. Yeah. Just because it's it's so much to it. I I can see Ninth doing it at. (laughs) Yeah. Like Chapel Hill or somewhere Mm -hmm. like Duke or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um but so yeah, so Family Feud. Now moving on to Bomb. Um, a lot of people I've heard have said that this is their favorite song. This song for me is like just Jay flexing, right? Like that's this one isn't as deep for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Jay flexing. Yeah, a lot, um, but a lot of people are referencing this as their favorite joint on the album. But first of all, the Sister Nancy sample right. always, wins. always wins. I don't care, just like it did on Kanye's Every album. Every single time. Sister Nancy Sample never loses. Never loses. <laughs> no, it can't lose. You got Damian Marley on there mm-hmm. to, you know, add that layer, uh, that reggae feel. Yeah. Now I was let's I was going back trying to figure out when was the first time I heard the Sister Nancy sample. And I think it had to be on main sources um hanging out. I think uh, that was that might have been the first time that I heard it. Um I can agree course, with that. I can't think of anything before, before that. Before that, right? Lauren Hill using the Lost Ones. Mm-hmm. Um but did you know? About Big Y. What is that? <laughs> Big Y is an Blank artist <laughs> who used Big Y is an artist who used the Sister Nancy sample on a song. Guess what the song is bald? Not called. Guess what is bald? 
That's what is bald. It boo. I don't know. The, the song, song is bald bompton. <laughs> like bomb, 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 bompton. Bompton. And he's dissing. I guess I don't know if he's dissing. Why, why did you even? Why, why did your eyes even land on this? This is research for the for the podcast. I had to I had to scour every corner of the earth to get all of the information I that could. Sounds horrible. And the joint is called the joint is called. Time. Bompton. Remember the dude who sounded like Biggie, Gorilla Black, yeah. the rapper dude? I think he's dissing Gorilla Black because I think Gorilla Black was from Bompton. Oh. And I think they have some sort of beef. So that was crazy. Let's, let's <laughs> keep it moving. All right. So let's move on from my man, Big One, <laughs> Bompton. All right. Moonlight. What you got? We got the Fuji sample. Yeah. Speaking um, of Lauryn Hill. With the line after what they did to our Lauryn Hill. Yeah. <laughs> appropriately Very nestled appropriate. into the song Very with the Fuji sample. But I love Moonlight. Um, strictly for the fact that, you know, we stuck in la-la land. Even when we win, we're going to lose, which is a direct reference, obviously, to Moonlight. The Oscars, right. Winning slash losing mm-hmm. the Oscar. Yeah. I love that. That was perfect. On a song called Midna- mm-hmm. uh, Moonlight. Excuse Moonlight. me. I think this song is just more cultural commentary. Yeah, I think it's an open letter to artists. Like, I definitely yeah. think it's an open letter to artists, um, given a blueprint for success in today's industry. You know, I think a lot of artists get so caught up in you know, the way they think that things should be done and, you know, signing their rights away and signing their masters over and doing all of these things that Jay is telling you, like you, you, at this point in your, in in time, you know, there's a way that you can do it and you can move a certain way without having to give everything away. And this is the blueprint for lack of a better term. Right. I also like uh, my favorite line is when he says, again, just those, those double entendres, man. Like when he says, I hold an Uzi vertical, let the thing smoke. Mm-hmm. You flirting with death. I've been winking through the scope. I definitely caught that little Uzi Vert oh, uh, reference. Oh my, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, huh. Yeah. Like, and I think that's just, that's a nod to the younger generation. Like, yeah, I see you, young fella. But also at the same time saying, if I'm going to shoot, I'm going to hold a Uzi vertical. Like, I'm going to hold it straight up and down. Like, I'm not going to twist it to the side. Like, you see in, like, a lot of the, 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 the gangster movies, they holding the gun to the side because you never know who you're going to shoot. But I'm going to look through the scope so I can have a more accurate shot, almost mm-hmm. like a sniper. Jay's just such a great artist. I also like on this song how he intertwines uh, two artists who inspired him. Uh, he intertwines Biggie and Big Daddy Kane. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Big Papa, Daddy Kane, my right. heroes. Uh, I think that's dope to give him, uh, to give those yeah, there's two. There's a couple Biggie references in here. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The yeah, Lazy yeah. Eye line. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. Um, there's a few. Yeah. So, yeah, moving on. Yeah, so Moonlight is also a good song. Still haven't not haven't gotten to a song that I don't like yet. Um, there isn't one. Yeah. So uh, Marcy, Marcy, me. Yeah. Or is it just Marcy, me? Marcy, me. Marcy, Marcy, me. me. Um, with you can hear Dream in the you background. Can hear Dream. Yeah. Even though, again, like you said, he's not credited for. I wonder what's up with that. Like, why didn't some artists get credited? Well, they're they're credited, but they're not on the title of the song. Right. Right. I mean, just like even B isn't. Does it doesn't say featuring Beyonce right. on? Maybe wanted to be a surprise on uh, Family Feud, but I think it's. I've, I didn't mention this. I think it's just brilliant the way they go from the Clark sister sample and then at the end it switches off to Beyonce singing. Right. I love that. Right, 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 but right. fast forward to Marcy Me. This is reflective again. This is a full circle song. This is um, look what I've come from. This is a success story. Mm-hmm. And I think you know it, it's him giving us like a tour through Brooklyn, you know, as an MC, let me take you through, through Marcy. Let me, let me take you through. And I thought for a split second, and here I go thinking again, 
I thought he was going to shout out Jazzo because he said something in Marcy Me about Kings County or something like that. And Kings County is where Brooklyn is located. And of course, that's where Jazzo was from. So I thought we were going to see some sort of reconciliation between those two. But again, that'll probably never happen. But yeah, I love the sample. I love the dream. I think Dream, again, does a good job of kind of finding his little space mm -hmm. on that record and just, you know, complimenting it in a way that, you know, he, let Jay, he lets Jay kind of kind of really get off. You know what's weird? Like, I, I do not want to hear a full Dream album, but I love hearing Dream on an album. Dream had one <laughs> album that I had the full the full I, joint. I had a one full one, but I didn't necessarily want to hear it all. Yeah, at one point, Dream was like on everything smoking. Everything. Like, he was it. You he couldn't go nowhere without everything. him. Yeah, writing everything. Singing and writing everything. Um, but I love Dream on not so obvious rap tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and him and Jay, they make good music together. Mm -hmm. Like him, him and Jay, him and Fab. Um, Dream just has that voice where he just kind of fits in with anybody that's talking that talk. You know, you talk that talk, you talking that. I like him on the um, what's the the the, the Kanye Pusha T like that? What was that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember the name. Of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, love yeah. that one too. Yeah, I but definitely remember that. Anyway, just another reflective, oh, this is a full circle moment. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, bringing up the rear on the album, Legacy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is uh, his letter to his baby, Blue. Perfect way to close it. Definitely. It's a perfect bookend. Um, he talks about generational wealth, having something to leave your family. The bigger picture, what, what we can accomplish, uh, even if your parents left you nothing, mm -hmm. it can start with you. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a... a an amazing message. It took all these years to get back to zero. He talks about things in his family that, you know, as most black families in the United States have so much to contend with that you start off in a negative. Right. Um, from slavery to the civil rights era to the injustices that we still face today, a lot of times it can feel like your family is still in a negative mm -hmm. from all the impact of all of that. Yeah, and I can say that legacy, legacy almost brought tears in my eyes. You know, it can it can start now with you. You can, you know, start that generational yeah. wealth. You can leave something for your kids. Yeah, and I see, you know, I see a lot of myself in Legacy when he talks about the fact that his mom had bought bonds for him when he was younger. Mm -hmm. He references that, and I remember those days of you know my mom would get like a fifty dollar listen bond. Like I think every black kid that grew up in listen, the eighties had my aunt Marsha, and you know Aunt Marsha. Mm -hmm is super thrifty. Mm -hmm. But when we were kids, it's like you would not be looking forward to Marsha's gift because it was, here's your, bond. here's your bond. And as a kid, you're like, oh, like, God. What the hell thanks, is this? Thanks, Aunt Marsha. Right. But I, I really wanted that new boom box. Right. But then later on, when we went to college, mm -hmm. cashed those bonds in, yeah. and they helped out. Yeah. So I, I totally remember the whole bonds phase. Mm -hmm. That's that's perfect. That's a perfect reference to take you back yeah. in. And, and, but again, just going forward as a father and, and, and as parents, you know, going from that, from, you know, our parents and our loved ones buying us bonds to us now being in the position to say, OK, well, what are we going to do to leave some, some sort of legacy for our children? What are we going to do? Right. What, are, what kind of foundation are they going to have? You know what I mean? Like he talks a lot about credit and you know, things like about that on other songs on the album. But this talks about what are you leaving for your children? You know, they say a wise man leaves his inheritance for his children's children's children. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's something as a parent, me on a personal level, that I always try to ask myself, like, what right. are we leaving for knees in the trap? What are we leaving for, you know, the children who are to come? You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, it just, it just really spoke to me again. Perfect he, way to end it. Yeah. Again, he opens up about his spirituality. He talks about how he was kind of forced away from the church. Because due to a family incident. To a, right. Which I thought that it was his uncle who had molested his sister. 
But what I think it is, is that his grandfather, who was a preacher, molested his aunt. So legacy, if you go a little bit deeper, legacy gets a little bit deeper because it starts talking about a generational curse because mm -hmm. he says prior to him, everything was bad. Then he said, I had to come and kind of change it. That's what. That's why that line really Im impacted me. It took all these years just to get back to zero. Right, right. To right. get to where we could start moving in a positive mm -hmm. direction. Mm -hmm. You had to do all this work just to get to zero. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I love that line. So just, you know, as a parent, as a responsible adult, it makes you think about the decisions that you make now that can and how they can affect generations, generations to come. Now. Yep, that's right. it. And, I, and I, I can't think of a better way to close the album by saying be conscious of what you do because it's going to affect the generation and the generation and the generations to come. I agree. Awesome album. Yeah. And then, you know, just black excellence is, is, is the theme, you know, mm -hmm. black excellence is the theme all over the album. And as a side note, I also want to say uh, some of y'all out there making up lyrics and posting. Them. Oh my gosh. You know that what? Kardashian see... lyric is oh nowhere gosh, to be heard on this nowhere, album. Bro. And just because you put it over that peach background <laughs> with the 444 <laughs> oh does not gosh. make it real. Y'all cut it out. My <laughs> wife, not a car. My, my wife, a queen, not a Kardashian. Like that's so fake, bro. He never said that. I can't, well, When I first saw it, I was like, huh? And then I, you know, on my, I was already on my fourth or fifth listen by then, and I was like, I keep missing this line. Right, Where is it? Right. And then I kept scouring over each song, like I no still never heard found. the line. And I was it like, you know what, y'all fraudulent. Right, y'all are up. real fraudulent on the internet. The internet, cut it out. Up. Yeah. So just overall, I just want to, I, I think it's, 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 I think it's great, grown man, adult, over thirty, responsible hip hop, like. That's the way. That's the best way that I can put it. That's true. That's very true. I want to address a few things quickly. Okay. That was the first thing. Y'all stop making stuff up mm -hmm. on these internets. The second thing, um, I've seen some people, and this is just me taking a moment to comment on some of the conversation that I've seen online. I've heard. I've seen some of y'all say, "Well, and e listen, I fully believe everyone is entitled to their opinion. You don't have to love Jay Z. You don't have to love this album. I do, but you don't have to." But I've heard some of y'all's argument be, well, it was it's good, but it's like the beats ain't really banging like how like the beats ain't really banging like how I want it. And I feel like you every no every song is not this big bombastic like boisterous track. I feel like sometimes you have to learn how to get hype about the subtlety of something. Right. Like sometimes you just have to let the track and the lyrics work in concert together. Right. No, you know, a, a homeboy of mine, we've had a discussion about the production and... Did y'all? He came to the consensus after maybe like three or four conversations that he just doesn't like no ID because oh. he doesn't like, you know, sped up soul samples. I get it. That's cool. But what I... And, and the way I explain it is that... I think this production is so top-notch. It's, it's so top-notch, but this is a different type of soul. And I think what makes this album so great is that Jay's lyrical content is taking it over the top. I think this is the best album to come out so far in 2017. I was torn for a while between this and Ross um, because Ross's production is so great on Rather You Than Me. Just content alone, though, I think this edges Ross out. Content alone. I mean, if you know, if we have to break it down and I say... You know, if I'm going beat for beat, I would say Ross probably wins if I have if I have to go beat for beat, like just if, in a battle. You know what I mean? 
but Ross isn't necessarily talking about anything. Right. This is a. I mean, Ross is, was talking about more on that album than he has previously. Right. But he's not but comparing it's to this. Not, right. right. It's not. The, that's what I mean, content-wise. Right. And it's not Ross's album. Again, Ross's album is great, but it's not like a. It doesn't flow as well as this one does. You know, you can put this in and ride to it, and a lot of the subject matter it's on the same. It's on the same plane. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a concept album. It's a it's a concept album. It's definitely a concept album, and I will step out there and say that this is the greatest album to come out in 2017 as a whole. Um, where does it rank? In Jay's catalog, um, I will say that this is his best album since American Gangster. I'm probably on the verge of saying that it is better than American Gangster. I'm not going to say it's a classic just yet, just because I think it's too early and I don't want to put that label on it. But I will say that I'm very close to saying that this will, when it's all said and done, be mentioned in Jay's top three albums of all times. I think there's going to be reasonable doubt. I think it's going to be Blueprint, and then I think it's going to be 444. I can see that. I think I need to sit with it a little longer, but um, like I said, there's nothing about this album that I don't like, and I can't say that about every Jay-Z you can't, album. No, you can't. You can't. So I, I can I can totally see that. Even if even if it's a totally different feel for you, there is there has never been another Jay-Z album that I can say there's not one song on it that I don't like. And actually, let's say this. The only other album outside of Reasonable Doubt that I can say that there's nothing on it that I don't like is Illmatic. Now, again, I'm not saying that this album is a classic, but what I am saying is that there's nothing about, there's nothing about this album that I don't like. I, that I don't know how much simpler I can make it. So will this album be compared to the great somewhere in the, in the near future or, or later on? I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, that's fair. I think that's fair. There's nothing on here I don't like. So that lends itself to the fact that it must be pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, 10 tracks, I think is great. 10 tracks for the digital copy. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. You gave me just enough. It ain't no fillers. Um, you didn't have 18 tracks and, nah, I don't and need 12 uh, nah. interludes. Nah. My homeboy said that 14 is Jay's magic number. I don't need 14. Like, you gave me 10 quality joints that I love. Right. That I I'm, would rather have 10 quality joints, and I like every single one of them. Yeah. Then 14, and then two of those extra four I didn't even... Yeah, I don't need your fillers. Nah, nah. So it'll be interesting to see when the physical copy is released a little bit later. Um, I think one of the songs is the song that's named after his granddad, if I'm not mistaken. I read that. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard that yet, but I think that's in a commercial. we'll see, because also... No, it definitely is. Oh, it it definitely is. It definitely is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely is. It's on title, but it's just you can't play it. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so I guess there are two more songs coming after that on the physical release. And I'm hoping that those songs are on vinyl because yes. I don't necessarily want to buy this. I don't necessarily need the CD. No, nah, I'm not buying a CD. But I would like those extra songs, mm-hmm. and it would be great if they were on vinyl because I would love to add that to the collection. Absolutely, absolutely. So the last thing that I wanted to address um, is white mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Sometimes y'all just need to have a seat on things. A seat at the table, actually. <laughs> no, not even at the table. <laughs> oh, they can't sit at the table? Off in the corner right. and just observe. <laughs> right. Like, sometimes these writers jump on the bandwagon or like, oh, we need to review this new Jay-Z album. Right. And number one, we don't need you. Mm-hmm. You're not qualified. Mm-hmm. You don't have the life experience to comment effectively on this type of an album. Um, just because you're a music critic doesn't mean that you can 
comment on this type of album. Uh, and I've just seen some things that I'm just like, ugh, what? Right, right. What are you talking about? Um, let me read something to you that I saw uh, on the New, Ma- New Yorker magazine, uh, one of their writers. And I jotted down, it's um, Carrie Baton's review. But a portion of it is, for the better part of the past decade, Jay-Z has developed a reputation as a dad rapper. He's been dismissed laughingly as just a washed-up, out-of-touch member of the 1%. Dad, the internet groans, but 444 finds him confronting this dad label head-on. Does that sound accurate to you? Nah. <laughs> like, since when has Jay-Z been considered washed-up? Right. Or a dad rapper. And, or a dad rapper. Like... Maybe once he started uh, wearing the button-ups and uh, having his boat shoes, there was, um, you know, some blowback from inside the culture. But no one I know of, whether they like Jay-Z or not, has ever said Jay-Z was considered washed up. You don't have the qualification to write on this effectively, so you just shouldn't. Or I'm going to go back to a quote from Solange. where there was the infamous uh, Brandy Deep album cuts beef between her and a writer with um, one of the one of the rock mags, um, but Solange said some of these music blogs could actually benefit from hiring people who really understand the culture of R and B, and in this case, I'm going to interject hip hop, um, who really understand the culture of R and B to write about R and B. Like you should really know about Deep. Brandy album cuts before you're given a grade or a score to any R&B artist. And the same oh, applies saying, for hip hop. You should know about Brandy's deep album, Brandy the right. singer album cuts. Gotcha. But the same can apply for hip hop. Right. Like you need to have a certain background to even be able to comment on this album. Yeah. That comment, uh, that part of her review that I read, just let me know you know nothing of right. Jay-Z or this culture. Yeah, if you've never seen Streets is watching, you don't need to be reviewing this album. Right. right. So to white mainstream media, I want y'all to, like I said, have a seat, not at the table, just observe, but also maybe hire people who are qualified to write about this. And it doesn't just mean, oh, because you're white, you can't write about a hip hop album. But what it does mean is if you don't have the background to even delve into what this album really means, you should just hang it up. Mm -hmm. I, I saw a tweet from Elle magazine Talking about the album, talking about there's a lot to unpack. I don't want Elle magazine nah, bro, no, unpacking no, 444. No, 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 That's all I wanted to say is just that white, stream, white mainstream media, you need to do better. You need to do better or just stop. You can always just stop. Yeah. Well, how about we stop right here? <laughs> <laughs> how about we stop? We end this episode. Before I get on my soapbox uh, real yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. Like, calm down, Al Sharpton. Calm down. <laughs> I mean, I do like selfies. <laughs> right. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. All right, so look, so that's it for this episode of the Can I Kick It podcast. Uh, real dope episode. Make sure you follow us. Follow us. We're on all social media. We're at Can I Kick It podcast on Instagram. We're at Can I Kick It show on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook and like us at Can I Kick It podcast. And you can hit us up and let us know what your thoughts are about 444, the album. Because, yeah, shoot us some emails. again, this is just our interpretations, our opinions. Um, but with Jay, as we've said Several times today, the meanings can go deeper. I'm sure there are things that we didn't think about, yeah. that we didn't talk about. Right. It's only been a weekend. So yeah. y'all hit us up and let us know what you think. Email us, canikickitpodcast at gmail.com. With that being said, go back and check out some of our older episodes. We've got interviews with Rick Ross. We've got interviews with Keith Murray. 
interviews with Rich Medina, interviews with Roxanne Shantae, interviews with a lot of hip-hop heavyweights. So make sure you go back, check out some of those older episodes. If this is your first time listening, we appreciate you. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. All right, chill.